Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Happy New Year, everybody. This is the first time that we all have been together. Happy New Year to all of the listeners out there. I had an episode that came out yesterday that was actually recorded before the new year in which I spoke with the legendary two-time Tony winner Richard Maltby Jr. uh, about a virtual production of Closer Than Ever that is running through the end of this weekend. So if you want to hear all about that, head over uh, into the podcast feed. If you are a member of our Patreon, you, of course, will get those episodes before they hit anywhere else. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. And Ashley and Grace, I know you know this because you devoured that episode as soon as it was released, I am sure. But just in case you forgot, Richard Maltby Jr. did tell me that there are two, not one, but two new Maltby and Shire shows ready to come to the stage whenever things are able to come to the stage. He gave me real quick snippets of what they are about. One's a restoration comedy um, and the other one is a uh, about a show, uh, or is about a, a story based in Thailand, I believe, is what he said. Um, but I'm that was last that's, week. That's vague enough. I'll take I know. that <laughs> exactly. Um, so listen to that. He was wonderful, and it was a great conversation. Um, awesome. So that is very good. So what we are doing today, this is going to be like one of our last semi-special holiday episodes. It's going to be a hybrid. We are recording on Monday, January 4th, like normal. So we are going to talk a little bit about some of the news that has happened in the past few days. But at the end of the episode, all three of us are going to go around in like a roundtable discussion and make some predictions about the 2021 theatrical year, as well as the next Tony Awards, whenever the hell those may or may not happen. Um, then we're going to get back into traditional two-person shows the rest of the week with some interviews sprinkled in. Um, but Ashley and Grace, before we get into the news, there's a very special tribute video that I wanted to talk about that was released on January 1st. It was put together to honor all of the members of the theater community that had passed away, not just in 2020, but since the 2019 Tony Awards, since we haven't yet had a collective opportunity to remember those people either. It was directed by the great Raul Esparza and features some vocals by him as well as vocals by Sierra Bogus. This eight and a half minute video is a lovely remembrance with some clips and pictures and stuff uh, of so many fantastic uh, people. Of course, we will have a link to it in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. Uh, Ashley, as our resident Raul Esparza stan, Obviously, uh, what yeah. it, how did you uh, feel about this this video? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm excited for that. You, you, you hooked me on the Raul. Okay. Yeah, you say. sold it. You sold it yeah, to us. I was just like perked up. I know my audience. I know my audience. Yeah. Know my audience. <laughs> Your audience is me. Yeah, it's really lovely. Um, well, uh, a very nice tribute. Well, I'm going to have to go and watch yeah. that right now. Sorry, right. bye guys. Uh, well, while you were doing that, let's get into the news. First up, we heard about a number of fundraising efforts over the past week. As many of you certainly know, on January 1st, Ratatouille, colon, the TikTok musical debuted online starring Andrew Barth Feldman, Ashley Park, Titus Burgess, Wayne Brady, Kevin Chamberlain, Andre DeShields, Adam Lambert, Priscilla Lopez, Mary Testa, and more. As of recording time, it appears that this virtual musical has raised over $1.8 million for the Actors Fund. That's pretty impressive. The show has gotten fairly strong reviews, both from critics and fans alike. Grace, did you see Ratatouille Cole in the TikTok musical? Because I know that both Ashley and I are planning to watch it after we are done recording before the link expires mm-hmm. tonight. 
Yeah. So I just want to say like, I am a philanthropist and I donated the $1 million, not the point <laughs> eight, but the $1 uh, million oh, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Fund. Yes. Well done. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. My contributions are important. And um, sure. no, I definitely watched this. And <laughs> I, I, I sat down and I thought, okay, like the production value could be, you know, going a hundred, it could go at a 50 and I wouldn't care. I'm just here for this. Sure. And I sat down and there was like a whole little like pre-show bit. And there was, it was honestly really cute. The editing, I could tell there was, there was so much work that went into this. And then there's like a, a credits uh, afterwards. And you can just see like all the editors that employed all of the musicians, all of the, so it, oh, it actually yeah. gave me a lot of hope. It made me happy. It was fun. It was silly. Mary Testa's eye makeup is worth the watch. Always. Um, it, it's yeah, it was a lot of fun and I'm glad that it happened and I want more of it. So please continue this cycle and like uh, contribute to these things. It's great. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if we don't see this somewhere down the road. It might just be a 50, it might For just sure. be a 54 yeah. below concert um i don't think that disney is gonna like green light this for you know tommy's next musical but like i think this is fun and i think that this will be something we will see it in the summer like the delicate yeah yeah (laughs) lear de bessonet's new (laughs) show for public works Um, they can bring in the actual raccoons it'll be great (laughs) it'll be amy adams it'll be yeah exactly Oh, yeah. poor Amy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is great. I think we will probably, this will not be the last we hear of Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. And it seems like from all reports, including Grace's, that that is a good thing. In a different type of fundraising, we had previously discussed, I think, Ashley, it was you and me. I can't remember if Grace was involved in that or mm. not. But we talked about the star-studded telethon that was being held on Christmas Day yeah. in an effort yeah. to save the West Bank Cafe and the Lurie Beachman Theater. They had hoped to raise $250,000. And as of now, I'm checking it, refreshing it on GoFundMe right now. They have raised $340,101. Makes me so happy. Yeah. It's that all of that money should get them out of debt and help them survive until hopefully things open back up later this year. So congratulations to everybody who was involved with that and everybody who donated. Now, that campaign was originally lost by producer Tom D'Angora, and it looks like he is not done because he has launched a similar GoFundMe in support of Birdland Jazz Club. Similarly, they are also hoping to raise a quarter of a million dollars. And after launching just two days ago, hitting refresh on this one as well. Ooh, it's actually different than what I have in my script. They have Ooh. raised $81,778 towards oh, their 250k nice. goal. Um, Ashley, being the cabaret connoisseur that you are, are, uh, sure. I am sure that the prospect of losing Birdland is almost as worrisome as it was with the Lori Beachman a few weeks Bird- ago. Yeah, Birdland was the first cabaret venue I went to and I moved to New York. So it's gonna it's Aww. very near and dear to me. Uh first I think I would say the first like show I went out to with friends too before when I moved to New York. So again, very near and dear. Uh I haven't been to Birdland in a bit, you know, even pre-pandemic but i always love it uh it was one of when i used to be cabaret editor used to be maybe other than 54 below the venue that i frequented the most uh and i know matt you've been to shows there i don't know if you've been uh grace yeah have you matt Matt? i can't remember i went to birdland for the first time on my last trip that's right yeah Yeah, that's right exactly so uh love it very much hoping that they can raise us I'm sure they will. A lot of people are 
massive Birdland fans and attendees. Totally. I I know recently, I think when like right at the end of indoor dining, uh, like the shutdown again, um, they had, I think the New York times had done this big piece on both Marie's crisis. Cause they had just announced opening back up and also had Birdland in it too. And it was basically saying that people were like crying in the venue and so happy to be back to it. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of donations for this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Grace, you said that you are, it sounded like you were a frequent attendee of Birdland. I'm not a frequent. I went uh, like right before shutdown, but I will say my favorite Japanese restaurant in Hell's Kitchen Times Square area is right next door and it's Gyukaku. And guys, Ooh. their happy hour includes their food. All I'm saying. It's Beautiful. very good. Beautiful. What was the, Support what was- it. Yeah. What was the concert you went to right before uh, shutdown? I'm literally blanking on the name of the concert, but it was a literal friend of mine. And now I'm like upset because I need to look it up. Maybe not a literal friend of yours if you don't remember what it was. Well, that's what's that's what's happening. I'm having a full out brain fart because like I can picture him and like the whole show and it was very funny. And then he had like Norm Lewis on the stage and it was great. And I, he's actually on my podcast and yet I can't even figure it out because uh, I haven't released the episode was yet. It, was it? Oh, you haven't released it yet. Okay, no. I was going to go through your past guests to uh, figure out who it was, but yeah, the, the one You're I like, went. I know it. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. I went to see Georgia Stitt's show when I was there. It had a bunch of st- uh, oh, very famous right. people. Okay. So that was very cool. So hopefully this one uh, goes well. If you have the means, we will, of course, have a link to the GoFundMe in the show notes as well. All right. Now, before we get to our predictions, I did want to let people know about some upcoming streaming theater stuff. First, this is just a reminder because we've talked about it before, but... The London stage capture of David Bowie and Enda Walsh's Lazarus, starring Michael C. Hall and Sophia Ann Caruso, will air for three days from January 8th through the 10th at various time zone specific times to celebrate the separate anniversaries of Bowie's death and birth. Tickets are available now and we will have a link in the show notes. Also, it was announced yesterday that due to popular demand, the streaming play Circle Jerk has returned to the interwebs and is available now through January 17th on a sliding ticket price scale of $5 to $50 at and they are available I if you would have told me this like a month or two ago I would not have thought <laughs> that this was a theatrical website but it is circlejerk.live perfect if you want to get tickets Ashley you had just raved about this show yeah. on our best virtual theater of 2020 episode last week I did it's very weird and very gay and you should definitely see it very, cool. very weird and very gay no that's, better that's cool quote all, than I was going to say that's all my programming choices so <laughs> fair enough uh, alright so we are going to close out the show by making some predictions about what we we each think will happen in the theatrical world that is currently and will be 2021. We are all going to start by quickly running through who we think will win in the four leading performer Tony's categories and then the three production categories. Then we will each make one vaguely or fairly verifiable prediction about something that we think will happen this year. It can be small and specific or it can be large and a little bit more broad. Other than there needing to be some way to measure it somehow, whether or not it actually happens by the end of the year, we need to say, yes, this actually occurred. Uh, But other than that, there are no restrictions. So, Grace, we will have you go first. I'm going to run through the Tony categories with you and all the nominees before you make your predictions. So let's start with the best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. 
we have Joaquina Colacongo for Slave Play, Laura Linney for My Name is Lucy Barton, Audra McDonald for Frankie and Johnny in the Clear de Lune, and Mary Louise Parker for The Sound Inside. Who do you have winning in this category? I have Mary Louise Parker because it's Mary Louise Parker, but that's mm-hmm. not what I hope happens. That's just my prediction. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Ian Barford for Linda Vista. Andrew Burnap for The Inheritance. Jake Gyllenhaal for Seawall and a Life. Tom Hiddleston for Betrayal. Tom Sturridge, not the same person, for Seawall and a Life. Blair Underwood for A Soldier's Play. Grace, who do you got? I have Tom Hiddleston for Betrayal, unfortunately. Okay. I mean, I love Loki, but not who I would go with either. Um, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical. Karen Olivo for Moulin Rouge. Elizabeth Stanley, Jagged Little Pill. And if you say anyone other than Adrian Warren from <laughs> Tina the Tina Turner musical, you are officially fired. Grace, who do you have? Predictions. These are predictions, but definitely Adrian Warren. Come on now. Okay, good. Um, all right. The most difficult one of all. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical. Aaron Tveit for Moulin Rouge. Or nobody, because there is still a possibility that Aaron Tveit will not win this, Tony. I would find that unbelievably surprising. But do you think Aaron Tveit will win this Tony Grace? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, there is a possibility that they just don't give it out. So, I know. All right. Very <laughs> weird. All right. Best revival of a play, Betrayal, Frankie and Johnny in the Clear de Lune, or A Soldier's Play? Betrayal. Mm, interesting. Best play, Grand Horizons, The Inheritance, Seawall and a Life, Slave Play, The Sound Inside. Slave Play. And best musical, Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge, or Tina? Jagged Little Pill. All right. So those Ooh. are your Tonys. We will run through those with Ashley and I here in a second. But before we do, Grace, give us your overarching prediction for 2021. I predict this all sucks, but okay, this is not these. These these are my predictions because this is a dumpster fire of a Tony Awards nomination predictions list. Like n- half of these, I I mean, I saw, but I kind of like don't remember them at this point. Half of them, I was uncomfortable by. One, a woman masturbated to in the performance uh, to Tom Hiddleston and Betrayal. I don't understand. Wait, were you I there? Wasn't there. For- oh, okay, no, okay. I wasn't there. Oh, um, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I, I saw Moulin Rouge like right before the thing. And I was like, this incredible Vegas show has made its way to Broadway. Congratulations. Like there was just so many. I just I can't I can't even you're you're asking me to dissect this cheese plate, but you just put out craft singles. I don't know what to do with this. So that's I think that there were a lot of great performances. I think that there were a lot of incredible opportunities. I hope that we all saw Slave Play. Um but this is questionable to say the least. Those are my predictions. <laughs> so your prediction is just that these Tonys suck? I don't know that that's a prediction, Grace. My prediction is that this isn't real and that it won't actually happen and that oh, they will okay. actually have to uh, create a conglomerate Tony Awards in the future. I don't think that this will happen okay. is my prediction. All right. That is verifiable. So you are saying that there will not be Tony Awards given out based off of these nominees that they will somehow be rolled in to a subsequent season's Tony Awards. Correct. Okay. I like that. That is a very fun uh, and interesting and juicy prediction. I would prediction. not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised by that at all because who cares at this point? <laughs> I mean, I've had my arguments about the Tony Awards, but they are so bass backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Ashley, best performance by an uh, actress in a leading role in a play. Um, I went with Mary Louise Parker, even though I would like Jakina Kalakongo to win. Fair. Uh, but, you know. Yep. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Again, would prefer Blair Underwood, but Tom Hiddleston will probably win. Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical. <laughs> I'd like to keep my job, but regardless, uh, Adrian Warren, because there is technically other choices, but come on. Yeah, I, I, you realize I cannot fire anybody, like, at all, so the, you don't actually have to be afraid of it. Um, okay. I don't know, I don't know. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical, does Aaron Tveit get it? Uh, yeah, I think, this is the thing, because we keep talking about the Tonys being, like, a celebration of this dumpster fire of 2020. If they're just like, we're not going to give it to anybody, I feel like that's kind of the antithesis yeah. of what they at least want to aim for, whether it happens or not. Yeah, I think that's fair. Best revival of a play. Um, uh, betrayal, I guess. I guess. I am so different than all of you. I'm begrudging. I didn't see a soldier's play. That's that's the problem. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it to Frankie and Johnny. Yeah. All right. Best play. Slave play. Best musical. Moulin Rouge for like the sheer theatricality of it, I guess. But yeah, that's like one of those categories or one of those years when you wish that there was a separate best musical production category and best I wish, musical uh, yeah, exactly. category. I wish there were a lot of things this year. Let me I wish a lot that. of things. Okay. A lot of things. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, okay, Ashley, what is your overarching prediction for 2021? So uh, I'm going to spoil something a little bit because I know yours was related to streaming, but mine is different. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I warned you ahead is. of time, so you didn't I steal know. it. So, okay. I know, but I didn't steal it because at least from what you made it sound like. Okay. I <laughs> get over it either way. <laughs> Uh, I think one major takeaway from 2020 is, you know, streaming theater and how that's going to play a future role, not necessarily for Broadway, but for off Broadway and regional theater and off off Broadway. I would say my prediction slash expectations slash hope is that theater companies are going to continue to produce streaming theater, either in tandem with live theater when it's back up or have separate kind of developmental programs for streaming theater. What I'm hoping that means is that even if theater companies and producers aren't actively funding work by marginalized artists, because God knows they're going to try and do everything in their power to not do that. But even just like smaller pieces or experimental pieces, et cetera, there will be at least more opportunities and developmental programs to create streaming shows which is, I think, a double-edged sword, but at least one that might be more accessible to people who can't get to the theater or can't afford to see live theater. I think similarly, and especially after the success of the Ratatouille musical, we'll be seeing a lot more one-offs like that, especially since they literally just raised a million dollars. So hopefully things will be sourced like that was. So yours was less about actual productions, but including productions, but also including different types of yeah, I think it's I think it's more about the development of programs and like uh, you know a, a breeding ground for writers and whatever directors to actually create more work that are okay. probably not going to end up on the stage. Yeah, and there's what Steppenwolf is doing in Chicago is like that as well. They they have writers right, and directors exactly. working mm-hmm. on things specifically for streaming that aren't necessarily ever intended to be on a stage. So yeah, exactly. Okay. So My- <laughs> 
I will, I will say my uh, other not a prediction, but definitely a hope is that maybe we'll actually get that New York Times theater Me Too piece that got Don't killed. But, uh, I have. Oh, bold, yeah. I have bold wishes for 2021, obviously. Yeah, don't hold your breath. Um, all right. So my predictions, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. I think that we are going to see a major slave play sweep for many, I many hope reasons. So. I hope so, so I'm going with Jokina Kola Congo. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. I didn't see any of these. So I am not super comfortable with picking this, but I think. I'll, I'll go Blair Underwood for a soldier's play. Mm. Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical, duh, Adrian Warren. I do think that Aaron Tveit will get the award for best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical. Best revival of a play. I'm going to go with a soldier's play. Best, okay. best play, also slave play. And best musical, <laughs> Grace, you said Jagged Little Pill. Ashley, you said Moulin Rouge. I'll <laughs> just, Tina. let's do it. One of us will be right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Tina. Ooh, we should, we should do a pool but if we ever actually get the Tony. I was yeah. going to say, but if say I'm won't. correct. I was going to say, <laughs> if Grace is right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so just if you win is what you're looking yeah. for. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair. Um, but I do, here's, <laughs> and here's, you'll notice a trend. Um, I went with all of the nominees of color where it was possible and also the place because here is one of those opportunities, I think, where the Broadway people will do the absolute least, but also not the least, um, but they will do, make a show of... It'll be of, performative. Yes, exactly. Very well said. It'll be a performative way to support these people who honestly deserve it. Like, I I think we all Absolutely. agree. Like, uh, Kola Congo for Slave Play deserves it. Like I said, I didn't Amazing. see any of those, but like, does Jake Gyllenhaal or Tom Hiddleston or Tom Sturridge need a Tony for that? No. Blair Underwood, also big star. Great. But, you know, I, I think those are the right choices even though they might be performative in terms of the voting sure. itself. I mean, this entire thing is as performative as possible anyway this year. So why not? Yeah. I mean, eh, we've had this discussion before. Like, I think, it, I think there is value in doing the Tonys for both the people involved and for the fans, but it should have been done months and months mm, and exact, months ago. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I got to say though, um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Seawall, a life was actually very good. Um, like of all of like the yeah. celebrity performances that we're like adjudicating right now, like I would say that his was one of my favorites sure. that surprised me. Um, for like a straight play that I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. Um, I fully, I was, I bought into it, which, and I did when I saw him in Sunday in the Park. So I got to say, oh, yeah. of all the celebs, Surely. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. He's, he's good. Um, but my prediction as Ashley spoiled a little bit is, mm. um, <laughs> about streaming theater. This is something that I've been talking about since. The beginning of the pandemic and that we will continue to see an expansion of theater being available on streaming services. In addition to all of the virtual stuff that was necessitated by the pandemic, including TikTok uh, or Ratatouille and all that stuff, we saw three Broadway shows. American Utopia, What the Constitution Means to Me, and Hamilton make their way to various platforms in 2020. And I think that we will see more of that this year. I think that we are, I think we were already kind of like heading towards this. And we've talked about this in the past, Ashley, but the pandemic and the shutdowns mm-hmm. and then the subsequent arguments and agreements with SAG after and equity, I think have brought that to a much more fertile ground where we can see it more often and more quickly. Now, so my tangible prediction, and actually yours wasn't super tangible if you want to modify it at all, but my prediction Mm. is that there will be twice as many major New York productions that were filmed on the stage 
um, not like Zoom stuff, but major New York productions filmed on stage, either pre-pandemic or after pandemic, that will arrive on streaming platforms in 2021 uh, than the three that we saw in 2020. I will put a caveat that I'll say so that's six. So maybe they'll be announced in 2021 and they'll come say, out. Do we have do we have any that are pre-announced as in like the pipeline um, yet? Diane. We have Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So that's okay. the only one. And I, if we don't want to count that, that's fine because that was announced there. So I, I will even say this. Let's say this. There will be six major New York productions announced to be coming to streaming in 2021. That way I don't count Diana. Um, okay. So I say there will be six and – because mm-hmm. I know you both devoured the Richard Maltby Jr. episode. He mentioned mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. that I have heard rumors about that he is not involved with at all. Uh, but he just kind of casually threw it out there. Something that I've been hearing for years and that I'd heard was already supposed to have been on um, uh, a three-lettered um, streaming service. But the mm. high-powered producer who I don't think anyone on this show particularly likes um, had a falling out and we don't Probably. exactly you're talking know. about Scott you're we're, talking about Scott we're talking about Scott um, no, okay. that, oh, didn't, gee. that didn't go super well and so I don't know where it's going to land but it has been filmed so I think it will land somewhere um, and it will be divine uh-huh, 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 so uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, if you're picking up what I'm putting down so uh, that is my <laughs> prediction Grace is saying there will be no 20 2019-2020 Tony Awards for this season. Uh, Ashley, did you want to put something more specific and verifiable no. on yours? Okay. No, because I think mine is verifiable in the sense, you know, we'll know. what I have... We'll know. Yes, I was going to say, what I have noticed a lot of, and, you know, a lot of other journalists have called it out, is that despite all of these streaming options and all, you know, everyone, every theater company switching over to streaming productions in 2020, we haven't necessarily seen like those theater companies coming to journalists and saying, Hey, can you review our show? Can you look at the show? Can you cover the show in some way? There's been some of it, but I mean, if everyone is doing it, we would know and that's not the case so i think in 2021 i expect to see a lot more of those kind of press releases of, oh yeah we haven't had theater in a year mm-hmm. we, we finally accepted the fact that this is going to be our reality for a while and if this reality works for us then this is something that we're going to continue doing in some form or another whether we have shows on our stage simultaneously or not cool and then mine is that there will be six major New York productions announced to head to a streaming service in this calendar year. Awesome. All right, everybody, that is all that we have. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Grace? You can find me on Twitter at Grace Akichan. Okay. I was, Ooh, did you, I was going to say, did you condense? <laughs> no, I'm working on it because one thing is available on one thing and then one name is available yeah. on the other. And I just have to decide what's important because sometimes people think that my last name is Chan and that is uh, not Japanese. Second of all, like Aki-chan is like one word and it just means like cute little one. It's not important, <laughs> yeah. but it is. So I got to figure it out, but it's happening. Major, there we go. Like, major decisions. Um, of course, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Also, in the coming days, you can expect expect to hear uh, about the opportunity for Patreon family members to get specialized shout outs on various Broadway radio episodes. I'll let James work out the details about that. Uh, but you can do all of the other Patreon stuff there as well. So everybody have a wonderful Tuesday and some group of us will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.